You are listening to the sermon stream of the Mulvane Church of Christ in Mulvane, Kansas. Subscribe in your favorite podcatching app or find and listen to any sermon online at mulvanechurch.com slash sermons. Psalm 26. Psalm 26. And I have to say this uh, was a psalm which I had in times past, and not just this one, but some like it. Some difficulty in understanding and identifying with. As David uh, makes a plea to God for God to vindicate him, for God to come to his aid as he is one of, uh, of righteousness and one who is uh, seeking to and walking in the right path. And you think, well, I haven't always walked in the right path. Uh, matter of fact, I'm sometimes trying to make sure I can find the path. Uh, how do I pray a prayer like this? But then later, as I thought more about David and the life of David with some of the failings of David, which scriptures make quite well known, because I think it is, I think we have more biographical data about David than any other Bible character, except for maybe Jesus. Jesus and David, if you look at how many paragraphs are dedicated to the life of each one, it'd be pretty close, right? And certainly in the record of David, you get that much, you get that much divine biography, you're going to find the warts and all. You get that much divine biography of Christ, and what are we all the more impressed with? His faithfulness to God is, we just recently studied in the book of Hebrews, he was faithful house. So we have the faithfulness and perfection of Jesus, and then we have the claim of righteousness here with David, but yet we know his warts. How does that work? What do we even make of this? Am I good enough to say a prayer like David says here, knowing myself? And of course, we know we're all, at least we all should be, if we're not, well, either uh, psychopathic or or just um, completely unaware or in rebellion, we would all be more conscious of our own sins, would we not, than the sins of others? And so very often I think we find ourselves able to view ourselves as more disqualified than others would view us. But in any case, with all that, notice verse 1, Psalm 26. Vindicate me, O Lord, for I have walked in my integrity, and I have trusted in the Lord without wavering. Well, again, I can, I can tell you a couple of waivers that David had, but this was the general rule. He did walk with the Lord. And he did walk in integrity. We would all say he was a righteous man. And so verse 2 says, Prove me, O Lord, and try me. Test my heart and my mind. For your steadfast love is before my eyes. And I walk in your faithfulness. And I said, well, Lord, if... If the Lord would prove and try and test me in heart and mind, I think I'd be like John and go, man, I'm a man undone. Yeah. Or I'm a man of unclean lips, Isaiah 6. How is it that David can actually say this, knowing what we know about the human heart and the way David lived? But notice what it says. And notice how it says it. We have a bunch of parallels because this is how Hebrew, Hebrew poetry works, right? In English, we, we rhyme the end of lines. 
in Hebrew, in their poetry, they rhymed uh, thoughts. And so um, we think about uh, a different kind of poetry here. And what is integrity paired up with? Integrity is paired up in verse 1 with trust. Trust. What is our best synonym for faith? It's trust, isn't it? The knowledgeable trust in God. David says he walks by faith. This is how we must all walk. And that's how he has integrity. It's not that he's sinless in a sense of absolute perfection. He's not a, there's not a sinless perfectionism about him. We just read in the last Psalm, Psalm 25, we have this. He says, remember not the sins of my youth in verse 7. According to, the, according to your steadfast love, remember me for your sake, for goodness. We also have, um, a, a little bit later on, uh, he says, uh, forgive me of my sins, for they are great. Uh, he also would say, um, uh, verse 18, consider my affliction and my trouble, forgive my sin. It's actually this confession of sin that lets David be a man of integrity. It lets him be blameless. It lets him be the person God would have him to be because he's forgiven of his faults. And like he'll say in Psalm 32, that the Lord does not take his sins to account or we'll have uh, in Romans 4, 5, faith is counted as righteousness. That this confessing faith that he has actually is his integrity. If you try to have a faith before God without that kind of confession, without that kind of humility, you will not continue in integrity. You'll be mired in your sin. And without a humble repentance, you'll just be uh, spiraling deeper and deeper into them. But it is this divine reset, this humility before God. Like again, chapter 25 said in verse 9, he leads the humble in what is right. He teaches the faithful in his way. The paths of the Lord are steadfast love and faithfulness for those who keep his covenant and his testimonies. It's steadfast love and patience and faithfulness and forgiveness that lets David be a man of integrity, that lets him plead this. Because he says in verse 4, and this echoes back to Psalm 1, I do not sit with men of falsehood. I do not consort with the hypocrites. I hate the assembly of the evildoers. I will not sit with the wicked. Right? What's Psalm 1? I don't walk in the way of the ungodly. I don't sit. I don't stand in the way of scoffers. Here he says, I don't do that. I, I go with, with the people of God. I wash my hands in innocence. And I go around your altar, O Lord, proclaiming thanksgiving aloud and telling of your wondrous deeds. And so the, the, the humble man who repents the man who walks in faith and worships God, that is the definition of integrity, not sinlessness, right? Because if it was sinlessness of itself, that ship sailed long ago for all of us. But instead, it's this humble walk with confession before God. So, O oh Lord, how I love the habitation of your house, the place where your glory dwells. So this is how a person can go and approach God. There's some people feel bad about even coming to church because they know how bad it makes them feel. David can go to the presence of God, to the glory of God, and it doesn't bother his conscience because his conscience has been cleaned. 
His conscience has been washed. So I love this habitation of yours. Do not sweep my soul away with sinners, nor my life with bloodthirsty men, in whose hands are evil devices, and for those and whose right hands are full of bribes. So Lord, don't count me with these continual evildoers, but instead count me, verse 11, with the, those of integrity. For as for me, verse 11, I shall walk in my integrity. Redeem me and be gracious. So again, what does redeem imply? A redemption is buying someone out of slavery, paying the price to get them out of slavery, to get them out of a debtor's prison, to get them out of a bad situation they're in. The Lord pays the price. He redeems us out of his grace. And therefore we can walk in integrity because he's paid the price for us. My foot stands on level ground. In the great assembly, I'll bless the Lord. The Lord has lifted him to be a blameless and righteous man by his forgiveness so that he can be then on the level ground again. He can be on sure footing. He can stand in the assembly and he can bless the Lord. And that's, that's what we all hope, that by faith we're forgiven, that we've been united with Christ, we've been clothed with him, that he who is our righteousness forgives us and that we can then be elevated to firm ground to the great assembly of God's people, and with them we can bless the Lord. And if you ever think, well, I don't deserve to be here. Uh, that's, I've sinned too much. You didn't sin more than David. You, everybody in there is a redeemed sinner. Everybody in there, except for Christ the great head, is a product of redemption. And he is the redeemer. And so we can confess our sins completely, like in the 25th Psalm, and at the same time, plead to God for his blessings on the basis of our integrity in the 26th Psalm, because he has given it back to us. So there's the 26th Psalm and how that applies to us. And we can bless the Lord no matter what the past was, if we have been redeemed in him and received his grace. Verse 11. Thank you for listening to this sermon from the Mulvane Church of Christ. Additional sermons and information available online at mulvanechurch.com. Come see what a difference the Bible way makes.